Howdy, and welcome to Wise About Texas, your award-winning Texas history podcast. This is your host, Ken Wise, and thank you. Thank you for tuning in today, and thank you for your interest in Texas history. I really appreciate you listening. It's been a busy few weeks around Wise About Texas World Headquarters. I've had several uh, speaking engagements and such around the state. It's been a lot of fun, but it's involved a ton of preparation and travel. That kind of set back the production schedule a little bit. I, this episode's being released the week after Thanksgiving 2019. Hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. I took a little break over the Thanksgiving week and took the family to the Big Bend area, which uh, was a wonderful trip. We spent a couple days in Alpine and a couple days with some friends on their ranch, which is really not near anywhere except one of the entrances to the park, uh, to the Big Bend National Park. So we got some clean air, some stars, some great fellowship. You might have seen some pictures on uh, Wise About Texas social media. I'm sure I'll put some more out when I think about it. Uh, what a great area of Texas. If you haven't been to West Texas and the Big Bend area, get out there. It's well worth the trip. Well, I was inspired while I was out there to work up a few stories about that have some Big Bend connections. So we're going to talk about one today. Now, out west of the Pecos River, is really good cattle country and in the late 1800s which was fairly early in the settlement of that area uh, men were seeking their fortune by running cattle near alpine in the high grassland country out there and in those days it was open range one fenced off so at certain times of the year the various ranchers from the area would get together to gather the cattle and we call that a roundup today they didn't always call it a roundup back then but they would sort those cattle by owner, and they would brand the calves, um, castrate the bulls, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But in January 1891, an incident occurred that haunts the Trans-Pecos to this day. An argument broke out over the ownership of a certain bull. That argument left one man dead, and the bull branded murder. This story starts out on the grass flats east of Fort Davis, Texas. There was a man named Eugene Kelly, and he was leading what they called back then a cow gather or a gathering. And like I mentioned today, we'd call it a roundup. Ranchers and their representatives from around the area would come together. They'd gather all the cattle in one big group, and then they'd start cutting them out by owner. So each owner would have his little group that were cut out, and uh, he would brand them with his brand, castrate the bulls, etc., and uh, everybody chipped in and helped. So here were a few of the characters at this particular roundup. The first was Henry Harrison Poe, and he was an early settler from Alabama. Uh, he came from Alabama in 1870 to Texas. He had served in the Civil War with a regiment out of Mississippi, and during the Civil War he had his left arm shot off below the elbow. He was a very religious man, a good citizen of Alpine. In fact, he helped found he was a charter member of the Methodist Church here in Alpine, still there, First Methodist. And he was one of the guys on the, on the roundup working on the cattle and owned some of the cattle. Another person that was there was Finus Gilliland. He went by Fine. And we're not exactly sure where Fine Gilliland was from, but he did. We know he had relatives up in Snyder. And he had a little bit of a reputation as a gunfighter and was said to have a mean temper. 
and he was at that gathering as a representative of landowners. Their names were uh, Dubois and Wentworth, and uh, his his job was to make sure that uh, nobody altered their brands uh, on branded cattle. Now, th- this was something that would occur not infrequently back in these days, especially on the open range, and these guys would carry what's called a running iron, running iron, and it was a basically looked like a metal hook, and what you could do, and it would it would be inside a uh, what would be a handle, and you would take this hook, it would telescope out from this handle, detach, flip the handle around, at least the running irons I've seen, flip the handle around and screw that hook into it. So then you have a handle with um, probably a, a foot or two of iron, and then a hook at the end, iron that morphed into a hook at the end. And so what you could do is you could you would have a branding iron real fast and you put it in the fire, get it hot. And with that rounded end of that hook, you could change brands on cattle. And, uh, so people that would steal cattle would round them up, get their running iron out, change those brands real fast and nobody would be the wiser. So he was going to make sure that didn't happen. Another guy out there was, uh, Emmanuel Clements. He went by Manny. Now Manny Clements was more of a problem. He was a cousin of the notorious gunfighter John Wesley Harden. And uh, it was said that on one cattle drive when they were up in what was called Indian Territory then, it's now Oklahoma, that he shot two cowboys to death on that on one cattle drive. His brother-in-law, coincidentally, was a notorious killer. Uh, and I've already got a folder on this guy uh, for a future episode, so I'll try to get out, move that up the list. This guy was named Deacon Jim Miller, and he was a killer and a gunfighter and so Manny Clements was his brother-in-law so Manny was in the company of some rough customers in fact there's a story that I ran across at one time that um, Manny got indicted in Alpine and uh, he and John Wesley Harden and Jim Miller all walked in to this lawyer's office and this lawyer was said to have had a witness to to that was going to testify against Manny and uh they discussed the matter, and that case ended up never going to trial. Um, also, ironically, uh, Manny Clements later in his life became a deputy sheriff, but that's a whole other story. So these guys are rounding up these cattle, and in the middle of the in the middle of the mix was a yearling bull, a brindle bull. Now, brindle is a color that's uh, really technically a mix of colors, and it kind of makes the cattle look striped. So there's this brindle bull in the middle of the herd, and he wasn't with his mother. And so they couldn't really tell, you know, if a calf is with the mama cow and the mama cow is branded, then you know that that calf belongs to the owner of that cow. But this bull wasn't with his mother, so there wasn't really any way to, to tell. Now, there were two cowboys working out there that went up to Poe, to Henry Poe, and said that we've seen that calf, that bull calf, with one of your cows and that it's from your cows. So Poe cuts the bull out and put put it with his group or what he you'd call your group the cut so poe put it with his cut so that they would put uh poe's brand on it well gilliland ryan fine gilliland rides up in a huff and says you better show me the cow that calf's with or i'm not gonna let you take it so poe's son was holding the cut and gilliland uh cut this bull out and drove it started driving it back to the herd and poe saw him 
And so he rode up to him and they talked. Now, we don't know what was said, but Poe cut that bull again and started driving it back to his group. Gilliland then rides, runs over, uh, runs his horse back over, grabs a rope, tries to rope the bull, miss the bull. So then Henry Poe pulls out his pistol and shoots at the bull. I guess the theory is if, if uh, we're going to argue about who it belongs to, I'll just kill it and that'll settle, settle the matter. When he took a shot at the bull, Gilliland jumps off his horse, grabs his pistol, and shot Henry Poe in the back. So he wounds Poe, who jumps off his horse. Now, remember, Poe's only got one arm, so he's trying to manage his horse and the reins with one hand while he's getting shot at and has already been shot. Gilliland and, uh, walks up to him, and they both shot at each other at exactly the same time. Gilliland shot, found his mark. He put another one in Henry Poe for good measure, and Poe fell down dead right there at the roundup. He yells at Manny Clements to give him a horse, and then he takes off up into the mountains. Well, Poe's son took off into Alpine to notify the Texas Rangers. Uh, the sheriff of Brewster County at this time was James Gillette. Gillette had been a Texas Ranger on the frontier and he was now sheriff of Brewster County. So he gets notified. Um, a good friend of Henry Poe's was the um, Texas Southwestern Cattle Ranger, Razors Association inspector, the cattle inspector in Alpine. And his name was Thallus Cook. Cook was uh, also a former Texas Ranger. Now, we couldn't verify the records uh, with the TSCRA, the cattle raisers, uh, on Cook's service as a cattle inspector, but he's mentioned as a cattle inspector in the newspapers. Uh, but some of the cattle raisers' records were lost in a fire in the 40s. So since the newspapers mentioned him as a cattle inspector, you know, I like to get the details right. So I think he was a cattle inspector. And as I mentioned, the former Texas Ranger Cook, I, interestingly, Cook was also a distant relative of Henry McCarty, otherwise known as Billy the Kid. So um, one writer uh, speculated that Cook went into law enforcement to try to make amends for all the sins of his distant cousin, Billy the Kid, but we'll never know for sure. So Cook wants to be involved because he's Henry Poe's friend. So he went over to Marfa and got the ranger from Marfa named Jim Putnam, and they loaded a pack mule, got their horses, and rode up into the Glass Mountains looking for fine Gilliland. Well, up in the mountains in a canyon, they came upon a lone rider on a horse. And Cook walks up to him, rides up to him, and asks him if he's fine Gilliland. Well, the way he answered yes was to draw his pistol and start shooting at him. And he hit, he hit Cook in the knee, and then the next shot killed Cook's horse out from under him. When the, Cook's horse got shot, he started to buck, and Cook ended up dropping his pistol. Gilliland wheeled around and took off. Well, Putnam had the presence of mind to get his rifle out. And what he did was shot Gilliland's horse because that's the way in the old West that you would stop a guy escaping on horseback is to hit his horse a lot easier to hit. So he shoots his horse. Uh, Gilliland gets off, obviously takes cover. Cook takes a shot at him. Putnam's now behind cover with his rifle and they stopped shooting to try to get Gilliland to peek. Well, Gilliland popped his head up to look, and that's all Putnam needed. He shot and killed fine Gilliland. 
So Putnam puts Cook on the mule, and they head back to Alpine. And remember, Cook's wounded. Uh, Henry Poe, his brother, was in town for Poe's funeral, and he was a doctor. He had been a doctor in the Civil War. So uh, the county judge is there, and he they don't have any surgical instruments. So the county judge, by the way, is named Wigfall Van Sickle, one of the all-time great names, Wigfall Van Sickle. So Judge Van Sickle runs over to the blacksmith shop. And all he can find at the blacksmith shop that he thinks is going to work is a bit and a brace. Now, a brace, a blacksmith's brace is kind of like a hand drill. So he essentially gets a hand drill and a drill bit and brings it over for this doctor to do surgery on Cook. Well, uh, trying to get the bullet out of his leg. Well, he couldn't get it. uh, No surprise. Uh, although I'm sure he managed to mangle his knee pretty well. So they ended up putting Cook on a train, got him to a hospital in San Antonio. Well, Cook wouldn't let him amputate his leg, which is what they wanted to do. So he ended up, they, they did the best they could, and he ended up crippled the rest of his life. By the way, late in his life, he couldn't move. He couldn't flex that knee very well. And he didn't like the way his leg was, was uh, kind of locked because he couldn't ride a horse, so he went into the doctor. This is years later. Went into the doctor, had the doctor break his leg and set it in such a way that he would be better when he got on a horse. Uh, So Cook was a tough son of a gun. Anyway, he and Putnam got their man. But that's not the end of the story. You see, after the, the shooting in the canyon and the killing of Henry Poe, Cowboys at the roundup cut out that brindle yearling bull and they got their branding irons out. And on one side, they branded January 28th, 91, the date Henry Poe was murdered. On the other side, they branded the letters M U R D E R, murder, down the side of that whole bull. And they set him free to roam the mountains around Alpine. Some say, that that murder bull's hair turned gray. Some say that the gray was only over the branded letters and date. For years, cowboys reported seeing that wandering bull silhouetted against the sky on top of a ridge and that he would bolt immediately upon seeing a rider. Rumor has it that several more killings occurred in Alpine between people sympathetic to Poe or or sympathetic to Gilliland. And that one time, in an alpine saloon, as they argued over the killing, the murder bull stuck his head in a window and cut loose with an enormous roar. And some say the bull-branded murder appears nearby when any murder occurs in West Texas. So if you're driving around the Big Bend area at night, maybe out around Alpine in the Glass Mountains, and the sun's going down, and you look up on the ridge and see a lone bull silhouetted against the sunset, be careful. It just might be the bull-branded murder. Now we come to the part of the episode I call Getting There, where I tell you how to go see a couple of the places mentioned in the episode. Off uh, State Highway 67, northeast of Alpine, Texas, is Gilliland Canyon, named for fine Gilliland, uh, where the rangers got him. Thallus Cook is buried in the Nesbitt Cemetery, which is off one, Highway 142, 
outside of Marshall, Texas, which is in East Texas, about as far away from Alpine as you can get. Henry Harrison Poe is buried in the Elm Grove, Elm Grove Cemetery in Alpine. Um, that's the, the main cemetery in Alpine, uh, south of the railroad tracks. So head on out to uh, West Texas as soon as you can. It's a wonderful, wonderful place to visit. Well, that wraps it up for another episode of Wise About Texas. Thanks for tuning in today. And uh, like us on Facebook, the Wise About Texas Facebook page. And we're on Twitter and Instagram at Wise About Texas. And if you want to help support the preservation and promotion of Texas history, head on over to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, slash Wise About Texas, and you can do just that. Thanks again for tuning in today. Go out and do something for the state of Texas today. And until next time, God bless Texas, and we'll see you down the road.